Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I'm Will Heisentrud, and this is Sometimes Baseball. Per usual, I'm joined by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. How you doing, David? Been better, buddy. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Yes, unfortunately for David, things did not go the way he planned, but it'll be okay. And now, two's fun, but three's a party. With that being said... We're also joined by biker, world traveler, former teacher, former Jimmy John's delivery guy, professional dungeon master, and no longer future, but current psychologist, Dr. Carrie Jarvis. How you doing? Oh, no. Not doctor, just Carrie Jarvis, comma, MA, but it is very exciting. We can get rid of some of those credentials. That's too many, too many, too many lead-ins. And David, I'm sorry. The Cardinal, (laughs) we did what we could to, to try and keep the Brewers out. Taking that spot for you, but there's only so much we can do to fix your bullpen. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort, man. You tried your best, uh, Carrie. You left it all on the field, but you know, Phillies couldn't get their job done. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, silver lining, you still got JT Real Muto, so that's good. Well, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll get to that prediction show later. Uh, this uh, show is going to be all about our predictions from before the seasons and then our prediction for the playoffs coming up. But, yeah, so we'll run through our agenda. We're going to start off, as always, with the what you've been thinking. And then because uh, we're expecting a long show, we're going to cut it down. Um, we're going to do our look at our divisional predictions from – earlier in this year as well as our win predictions we guessed over under or even uh we're looking at our award predictions and see how we did on those (laughs) i think one out of 18 will probably come true for all of us (laughs) and then david also brought a bunch of fun player stats from uh, espn's predictions and we'll look at to see how those went and then we also have the four stats we were tracking this year, stolen bases, home runs, complete games, and outfield assists. And we'll see how many of those totaled up. And then we'll start looking forward into the postseason and look at the first round, the wild card, the week of the wild, I guess we'll call it. And we'll look at who's going to win those predictions. We're going to have our draft of best moments from the 2020 season. After the postseason, we'll do a best draft. We'll do a best moments draft of the 2020 postseason. And then we're going to bring it all home with the song lyric or movie quote of the day. No trending Twitter topic. But if you have a fun trending Twitter topic you want us to talk about, trivia they think can stump David or Carrie, you can be a part of this show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can reach us at sometimes baseball. And on TikTok, same place, sometimes dot baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash Sometimes baseball. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is sometimes baseball at gmail.com. All right. What you been thinking, Carrie? Oh, uh, well, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I've, I've been missing the last couple of weeks because things have been busy. I've got a few, few different projects going on, but one of the projects I, I didn't mention is I am building my own desktop computer from, from different parts. Wow. And I've been, I've been thinking going through this whole project, it's actually not as complicated as you think it is. It's uh, they make it very. It's it's actually pretty easy to build your own computer. If anybody's interested, it's not necessarily like a cost savings. But if you're interested, like how computers work or what the different components are, there's some pretty good videos that explain the step by step process. And it's it's 
you just kind of follow the instructions and plug it together and, and it'll work. So um, that's what I've been thinking. It's not as complicated as you think to, to put it together. Is it easier than an Ikea setup? I don't know. It depends how good you are at following directions because there are there is no no written manual, which is a con, but also a pro for some people because the Ikea manual is just in Swedish. And so they're like, I don't understand this at all. So it actually might be a pro. Uh, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> how confident do you feel in following YouTube tutorials? That's the that's the question. Mm, I don't know. Because you can get some interesting people on YouTube to to tutorials. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I know uh, my brother has done that. He's built his own mm -hmm. computer. He he loves it. He thinks it's really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. David, thoughts on that? <laughs> if you can do it, man, go for uh, go for it. I I don't think I would ever have the patience or um, just knowledge to, to do so. But uh, credit to you. I know completely self-built. I had no idea what was happening before I started this project. And if you, yeah, it's, it's not too steep of a learning curve. Uh, if you're interested, I think that's the big, the big asterisk, right? If you want to know how computers work, you're interested. It's worth the, it's worth the effort to go through the whole process. If you're not interested, uh, don't bother. Just get a pre-built one. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, here's my thought. I was washing uh, I was hand washing the pots that I used to make uh, pasta earlier today. And um, surprisingly, it is actually my favorite chore to <laughs> hand wash the pots because everything gets all soapy. I don't know. And it's pretty mindless tasks. And I don't really do a lot of mindless tasks anymore. That's the plight of getting older. But uh, I don't know. What's your guys' favorite job or chore? What's your favorite chore? We have always hand washed dish dishes in the Bourne household. And I am a big fan of drying the dishes. I think that's a much easier job than washing. My sister and I used to, uh, you know, one would do the drying and one would do the washing. So uh, I would always prefer drying. So I don't love chores, but I'll go with drying dishes for my favorite. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody lo loves chores, but my favorite is washing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Carrie? Hmm. I'll... I also actually have to second uh, washing the dishes, or I guess third, uh, specifically the washing part. I like. I enjoy that I generally put on a TV show while I'm doing it, so it's pretty mindless. It's a good excuse to to watch something that I've been wanting to watch, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I have time, and it's like, oh, now I can actually enjoy something that I want to watch, and I get something accomplished while I'm doing it, and it, it doesn't feel like I'm just being a couch potato, so it's good. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. But yeah, David, what's your thought? I'm about three years late on the fidget spinner craze. <laughs> but uh, a couple weeks ago, I found one in my house. And now I see why they were a craze because I have been spinning this thing for <laughs> the last couple weeks or however long it's been since I found it. Did you ever hear a Matt Ox? He's like a legitimate child who's a rapper in Philadelphia, but he's actually like a pretty decent rapper. In his music videos, he's always doing like cool stuff while fidget spinning, and I feel like Matt Ox. But uh, yeah, I, I really like these fidget spinners. <laughs> Thank you for that, David. That's a great thought. I never thought I'd hear again about fidget spinners, but now we do, and um, it's on this show. <laughs> oh, geez. Carrie, fidget spinners, do those work well for you? They're fine. I, I actually have I have one fidget spinner that I was gifted 
by someone and it has like these fancy metal rods but they come loose so if you spin it too many times a metal rod goes flying across the room (laughs) (laughs) so you have to tighten it periodically to make sure that it doesn't (laughs) come loose so i don't know i see them as a safety hazard that's my take on fidget spinners okay yeah They, that certainly does seem like a safety hazard. Oh my goodness. Um, geez. Uh, but, uh, we're going to move on now to looking at how awful we are at predicting things. And <laughs> we're going to do that by looking at our divisional predictions as well as our expected win predictions. Uh, so for those of you that don't know at the beginning of the season, each of us predicted the ordering of the divisions as well as the over-under win totals based on odds. So if a team had 34, we would say either over, under, or even. If a team had 31.5, we would just do over or under for that total amount of wins. So we're going to start off with the NL East. Pretty bad across the board. I predicted the Nationals, Braves, Phillies, Mets, and Marlins in that order. David predicted the Nationals, Braves, Phillies, Mets, and Marlins in that order. And Kerry predicted the Nationals, Mets, at Braves, Phillies, and Marlins. So all of us had the winner incorrect, and all of us had the last place team incorrect. They almost flip-flop as the Miami Marlins finished second. So, uh, for, uh, so the final standings for the National League East were the Braves, Marlins, Phillies, Mets, and Nationals. Yeah, so I don't know. What were you guys? What were you guys' thoughts on this division and how it broke out? To be fair to us, we made our predictions before the expanded playoffs, which which will disrupt all of these uh, final standings. <laughs> However, it's kind of fun. It's ex- it's exciting that the it's one of the great things about baseball is that you, it seems so clear coming into the season, like oh, this is how it's going to be, and then actual baseball happens and it's completely different, and that's fantastic. I'm I'm. Yeah. I'm completely satisfied with the standings being flipped in any of these. I'm, I'm glad we were totally wrong. It means we knew nothing and we enjoyed it all along the way, at least for me. So, Yeah, I, I think it really does bring to light how wrong people can be. And we certainly were. Uh, David, thoughts on the division? I guess I've talked enough on this show about my fascination with the Marlins. So instead, I will focus on my disappointment with the Nationals. Uh, I don't really really know what went wrong there. I don't watch a lot of Nationals games. Obviously, Strasburg was hurt for a while. Uh, the production out of guys they had hoped to step it up, like Carter Keboom or a couple of those other pieces, didn't really get where it needed to be. But um, I thought that would have been a playoff team, especially in this expanded playoff situation. But guess not. Uh, credit to Juan Soto for hitting, what, like 350 this season (laughs) he's an absolute stud but overall just didn't work out yeah Juan Soto did win the National League batting title youngest ever to do that but it didn't help because him and Trey Turner were basically the only two hitters they had Uh, so they had nearly no offense and the pitching just wasn't where it was Patrick Corbin had a big downtime year Anibal Sanchez couldn't replicate what he did last year, and Max Scherzer was not himself, but that kind of just comes with age. And as you mentioned, Strasburg missed the whole season. I I was surprised at how well the Braves did. They had that MVP season I was looking for from uh, Freddie Freeman. We'll get into that. Uh, But Marcelo Zuna blew past my expectations for this season. 
I think he led the National League in home runs and RBIs. That's yeah. one of the best signings of the offseason. Yeah. Arguably <laughs> the best, like, from, from a hitter, I, just off the top of my head at least. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really great pickup. He didn't have a fantastic end there in St. Louis, as I'm sure Carrie's a bit familiar with. But uh, he really found a way to turn it around this year, completely fill the hole that was left by Donaldson's departure in that lineup. And credit to him. I'm sure he's a great guy to have around all those young, talented uh, players in the locker room as well. It was interesting to watch. Interested to see how they do in the postseason without uh, Soroka anymore. Um, as he tore his Achilles, unfortunately. But it looks like Max Fried will be available for them. Uh, but, yeah, getting into win totals. So uh, the Braves won the division with 35 wins. The over-under was set at 34. David was the only one that correctly guessed over for them. Carrie and I both guessed under for the Miami Marlins. They had 31 wins. Their over-under was set at 24.5. All of us said under. <laughs> we were smashing that under button on them. I think it's safe to say Don Mattingly will be running away with the manager of the year award. Next, the Philadelphia Phillies had 28. Their over-under was set at 31 and a half. Carey was the only one that got that correctly with the under. David and I both said over 31 and a half. The New York Mets, they won 26 games this year. Their over-under was set at 32. Everybody got that wrong. Oh, wait, no, I got that right. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I said under on the 32. David and Kerry both said even. And then lastly for the Washington Nationals, they won a meager thir- 26 games. They won 26 games. I said even on 34. Kerry said even on 34. David said over. We were all wrong there. So, yeah, it turns out that's baseball. All right, uh, Kerry, moving on to – the NL Central, your St. Louis Cardinals just clinched a playoff spot today with a win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. How excited are you? Uh, you know, I single-handedly have so much to take credit for in this achievement. I really did a lot to move the Cardinals forward. No, it's exciting. It is, it is exciting that they, they did manage to squeak together. It's a little surprising the way the team came together. I mean, we did expect – Pretty good pitching, mediocre offense, and and the way that shook out was pretty different. Uh, and the end results, we would like no one would have guessed before the season started. Like Adam Wainwright might have like a you know I guess he's not a comeback player because he didn't come back from anything, but he totally had a resurgence, which is not who we would have yeah, any yeah. Cardinals fan would have guessed would be frontlining our pitching staff, you know, going into the the postseason. So that was that was pretty surprising, and then. Offense-wise, we had, you know, uh, Dylan Carlson coming up. We thought, you know, he'll he'll be resurgence to the offense, and he's been not great. So it's uh, it's kind of surprising, but it's where we ended up. So uh, I'll take it. I'll take the postseason berth. I don't know how we're going to do against the Padres in the first round, uh, but we'll get into that later. So, yeah. Yes, yes. All right, looking at the divisional predictions that we had for the season, I had the Cardinals winning that. And then the Reds in second, Brewers in third, Cubs in fourth, and Pirates in last. David had the Reds winning it with St. Louis in second, Milwaukee in third, Chicago in fourth, and the Pirates in fifth. And Kerry had the Brewers winning it with Cincinnati in second, St. Louis in third, Cubs in fourth, and Pirates in fifth. And now looking at what actually happened, the Cubs blew away all of our expectations. They had 
They won that division. Cardinals finished in second. Cincinnati finished in third. Milwaukee fourth. Pirates fifth. I think we all saw the Pirates coming. (laughs) But, yeah, so my take on it, I was pleasantly surprised at how the Cubs attacked this season. They came out of the gate hot. Uh, They stayed hot. And (laughs) it was funny. All of us said in the preseason show, like, yeah, we like what the Cubs have. We just don't like David Ross at the helm of that. And he actually turned out to do very well. (laughs) I think he managed it very well. Um, It also helped that you Darvish had a season we were all kind of hoping he would have. You Darvish is probably going to be a finalist for the Cy Young Award. Um, I don't know if he's going to win it. And then my Cincinnati Reds, they snuck in there. They were on fire coming into the, down the stretch. So I'm very excited for that. Perfect way to enter the postseason, and I have high hopes for them. David, let's hear your take on the NL Central. I had made a $10 bet with a friend of mine that the NL East would finish with more playoff teams than the NL Central did. <laughs> So not only did the Phillies get eliminated from playoff contention on the last day of the season, but I also had to lose $10 as a result. That's a pretty good take. Uh, <laughs> that, that is all I have to say about the NL Central. Yeah. Oh, uh, geez. Um, yeah. Also, for the first time in Major League history, there will be a team with a losing record in the postseason, and four teams from a division will be in the playoffs as the Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, and Brewers all make the playoffs. So this is something that uh, we've never seen before, and that just really comes with a 60-game uh, season, an 18-per-league playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that we had all these very different predictions for who was going to top that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we were all wrong, but it was more a testament to how – like evenly matched those teams are in terms of their competitiveness. And so that bore out that four teams uh, with, well, three of them with relatively similar records all made the playoffs. So that's, that's pretty fascinating. Um, And just to uh, shine a light on the Cubs, uh, they also, which is coming from a Cardinals fan, interesting to hear, but I'm going to shine a light on the Cubs. Uh, I am excited for former Cardinal Jason Hayward he had a bounce back season. He, he was actually good on offense, which he hasn't been in most of his Cubs contracts. He's been primarily a defender uh, for them, and, and he actually hit well this year. So that's exciting for, for Jason Hayward. And uh, as you mentioned, you Darvish was ridiculous. Um, one weird thing. I'm going to have both of you guess. Chris Bryant, how many RBIs do you think he had this season? 17. I was, I was going to say 17 just because it's his jersey number. I know he was out for a while, but he did hit a grand slam yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'll go 21. Okay. So that grand slam actually kind of made this less fun of a fact. But he has uh, – in 131 at-bats, so like two-thirds of the season he played, he has 11 RBIs. So with that grand slam, he went from seven – to 11 RBIs on the second to last day of the season. Like Chris Bryant was almost non-existent in the Cubs offense, which is like if, if we, any of us had predicted that the Cubs were going to win the division, we would say, oh, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, they would be, you know, slamming homers left and right. Not at all how it played out. So more chaos baseball. It's great. Yeah, geez. That, that, uh, that lineup's going to be scary. But, yeah, definitely their pitching is what brought them that mm-hmm. – title now looking at win totals 
Uh, the Cubs finished with 34 wins this season. Their over-under was set at 32. Every single one of us said under, and we are wrong. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis Cardinals had 30. Granted, they only played 58 games, but their <laughs> over-under was set at 32 and a half. Carey's the only one that got it right here at, with the under. David and I both said over 32 and a half. We had high hopes on them. <laughs> Cincinnati Reds, 31. Their over-under was set at 31 and a half, so pretty close to it. Every single one of us said over. Every single one of us is wrong. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers, they finished with 29 wins. Their over-under was set at 31. Every single one of us is wrong. <laughs> uh, as I said, even, and David and Kerry both said over. And, of course, the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates, 19 wins on the season. Their over-under was set egregiously at 25 and a half. All of us said under, and all of us are correct. Yay. All right. <laughs> so I think that's what, four out of 18 possible <laughs> corrections are, are correct choices? Oh, geez. Yeah, don't ever listen to us for prediction's sake. I think we've learned that. But there's one thing you can count on, and it's the Pirates not being very good. So yes. do, do, do count on that. Yes. So if we had only bet on that, we would have won. But I would have also bet on the Orioles, but we'll get to them. All right, now the NL West, another very interesting division. I think as the Padres kind of beat expectations for everybody, they quickly turned into the most fun team in baseball. And the Diamondbacks kind of fell from where people thought they might be. So the final divisional standings, the Dodgers won. The Padres finished second. Giants finished third. Rockies finished fourth and the Arizona Diamondbacks finished fifth. I think the Dodgers are going to be a team to be reckoned with. <laughs> uh, they are going to be pretty scary uh, in these playoffs. Uh, and the Padres, like I said, turned into one of the most fun teams in baseball. But yeah, I think Giants be a lot of expectations, but they unfortunately missed the playoffs despite having the exact same record as the Brewers. So, Kerry, let's hear your thoughts on the NL West. Well, being on the West Coast, I caught a lot of the Padres games in the evening. Uh, being blacked out of the Seattle zone. So it is it is true. They are so fun to watch. It was it was really exciting to turn on any Padres game because you knew the offense was going to, you know, had a chance every time through the lineup that something was going to happen. And pitching staff-wise, they were going to keep you in the game. It was going to be competitive. So it was, it was a very exciting Padres team to watch. The Giants, the Giants came in third. I, I, I know. Like, <laughs> who had any idea? The Giants. Giants are going to be relevant this year. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, I hate the Giants, and it's an even-numbered year, and I hate that dumb Giants win on even-numbered years thing. Uh, I'm ready for it to be over, but, you know, good on them. Uh, uh, a bad team pulls themselves uh, into into the middle of the pack. So, yeah. Yeah, and they did that without their captain, Buster Posey, um, the whole season. Very impressed with them. David. I echo every word that Kerry just said about the New York Giants, especially a part about the even years, because I also find that oh. super annoying. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. Wait, but, the uh, New York Giants? Or the... Or the uh, sorry, it's football season. The San Francisco Giants. There you go. Anyways, Arizona is a mess. I don't really know what their goal was in the offseason coming into the year. They've been trying to do this weird thing where they do like two things at once for the last couple of years where they're selling but also contending this that and the other and now you're stuck with Madison Bumgarner and a really bad record but um the Dodgers yeah 
did what the Dodgers do, and that's won a lot of baseball games. So um, overall, I think it was a much more entertaining division than people had expected it to be. I know there was a lot of hype around the Padres coming in, but the Giants made it interesting. The uh, the Padres, I think, ex- uh, exceeded most people's expectations in terms of what they could do. And then, like By I said, lot. the Dodgers won a lot of games. So overall, pretty good. Yeah, the Padres had the second most wins in the National League, but they're going to be a, a four seed <laughs> in the playoffs. Wow. This is how it works. Unfortunately, the Diamondbacks wasted a great season from Zach Gallen. He's quickly turning into one of my favorite players, and, yeah, I really enjoyed him. Unfortunately, the Diamondbacks, like you said, David, they're trying to do two, two things at once. Uh, they bought high on Starlin – or they bought low on Starling Marte and sold high on him, so I think that's good on them. But, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. So, looking at our predictions, I had the Dodgers winning with Arizona in second, Padres in third, Colorado Rockies in fourth, and the San Francisco Giants in fifth. David had the Dodgers, then Diamondbacks, Padres, Colorado, and San Francisco. And Kerry had the Padres topping that division. And then the Dodgers, Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Giants. So, overall, not great. Uh, for the National League. <laughs> Sums uh, it up pretty well. Yeah. But we did hit some overs, um, which I'm proud about. So uh, the Dodgers finished with 43 wins this season, which is a big number. And uh, their over-under was set at 37.5. David and I correctly guessed that. Kerry was low on them and more high on the Padres. So he said under on the Dodgers. But he had over on the Padres, who finished with 37 wins, and the over-under was set at 31. I said under, David said even, Carey said over. Carey is the winner there. San Francisco Giants, (laughs) their over-under was set at 25 and a half. All of us said under, and they had 29 wins. That's baseball. (laughs) And uh, for the Colorado Rockies, 27 and a half was their total. David and I said under, Carey said over. Over, they finished with 26. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, 31 was their number. Dave and I felt really good about that, so we had that many even. Kerry said under, not so high on the Diamondbacks, and he is correct. They finished with 25. Any last thoughts on the National League? No, I'm glad I don't aggressively play the stock market because my prediction game is terrible. So <laughs> this is, yeah. All right, yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the AL East. So the division kind of shook out how Kerry predicted. The Tampa Bay Rays finished in first. The New York Yankees finished in second. Toronto Blue Jays in third. Baltimore Orioles in fourth. And the Boston Red Sox in last. But yeah, so David, start us off with your breakdown of this division. The Tampa Bay Rays did exactly what I expected them to do. And that was win a lot of baseball games with a lot of pitchers you've never heard of. You know, they play the numbers, and they play the numbers correctly, and, and I love to see that. Uh, the Yankees had a little bit of a slide there. It was looking a little hairy, but um, they were able to straighten things out. I was a lot higher on the Red Sox than I probably should have been at the beginning of the year. I think I had them finishing third in my predictions, and I don't really know why, off uh, just off the top of my head. But, yeah, Toronto made it fun, too, and um, it was a good race. Yeah, no, I, I love what the Toronto Blue Jays did. I think you were high on the Red Sox because of their lineup. I think you were predicting big things again from Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. Um, it turned out to be that 
Alex Verdugo is probably their biggest offensive contributor. Also, J.D. Martinez finished with a negative .6 wins above replacement, I think, this year, which is not great. Pretty horrible, actually, uh, for a guy that's only supposed to hit. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays are – they are something. They Their culture there is probably one of the best in the big leagues. Carrier. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, I saw Willie Adamas mic'd up in the Phillies-Rays game last night on Fox – and I guess he's one of like the leaders in the clubhouse, even though he's one of the younger guys. And he seemed really cool and energetic. And just listening to him speak about the way those guys feel about each other, it, you know, it obviously translates on the field. It's like you said, the culture is there and the results prove that it's working. Yeah, seriously. Carrie, uh, your thoughts on this division? Uh, it's exciting to have someone accurately predicted this one, but I, I uh, just second what David said about the race. They, you know, we have expanded rosters and it's an odd season and I fully expected the Rays to take advantage of that and that's exactly what they did. They they were like, oh, cool, a new interesting jigsaw puzzle. And they totally beat it really fast and did well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I say that you predicted this well because the Yankees had a slew of injuries once again. <laughs> yep. And they were in danger of being the eighth seed today. If they lost – well, they did lose. And the, if the Blue Jays had won today, they would be the eighth seed playing the Tampa Bay Rays, who they have won exactly two games against this year out of ten. So, it, they, uh, I think they lucked out. So, I had the Yankees winning, Rays in second, Toronto Blue Jays in third, Boston Red Sox in fourth, and the Baltimore Orioles in fifth. David had the Tampa Bay Rays winning, New York Yankees second, Red Sox third, Blue Jays fourth and the Baltimore Orioles fifth carry had like I mentioned the Rays first Yankees second but he had the Red Sox third Blue Jays fourth and the Baltimore Orioles fifth <laughs> and I think the Baltimore Orioles beat a lot of expectations I think people are now expecting them to win sooner than they thought uh, we'll see I'm still predicting a 2022 start of their success but, yeah, looking at win totals, the Tampa Bay Rays, they won 40 this year. Their over-under was set at 34. I said even, David, and Kerry both said over. They are the champions there. <laughs> the Yankees, they won 33 this year. Their over-under was set at 37 and a half. I said over like an idiot because David and Kerry both said under. <laughs> They're correct. <laughs> I was high on the Blue Jays, but I still said under on 28, which is what their win over-under was set at. Uh, so did David Carey had the even on that, and they ended up winning 32 games. Very surprising for them. Um, I said this at the trade deadline. Their team showed them that they are going to be a playoff team, and their front office went out and got three starting pitchers, and I love that. The Red Sox, their over-under was set at 31 and a half. <laughs> um, they won 24 games this year. <laughs> Um, Please tell me I didn't take the over. All of us had the under. So okay. <laughs> we're in the clear. We're in the clear there. We're in the clear. <laughs> and the Baltimore Orioles, their over-under was set at 21 and a half. All of us said under. Kerry famously said they might not win double-digit games this year. <laughs> and they won 25. <laughs> <sighs> so, I know, but you also said it's fun to watch them winning games. They were a playoff team for a long time. Hmm? They were in second place for a while. But, yes, moving on to the 
AL Central. The final division standings were the Minnesota Twins winning it by a game over both the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago White Sox. By virtue of tiebreakers, the Cleveland Indians will finish second and the White Sox will finish third. Kansas City Royals finish fourth and the Detroit Tigers finish fifth. Now this one is actually one that broke out a lot of ways people expected to as all of us had Minnesota winning that division. David actually had them finishing second or the Indians finishing second and the Carrie and I had the White Sox finishing second, but the Kansas City Royals and Detroit Tigers pretty much found a place where we thought. So thoughts on this Carrie. Uh, this is another one where this ended up being way closer than we thought it was. And it reminds me of the NL central where three teams right out of the AL central made the playoffs. And, and yeah. it's, uh, it's a testament to how evenly matched those all were, but these uh, teams are much more premier competitive teams for the playoffs than most of the NL Central ones. Like a- any of them, we we liked taking the aggressive stance on them winning the division, whereas the NL Central was like, there's a lot of mediocre and someone's going to be on top. And this was like aggressively competing for the top. So it's been fun to watch the standings all season for the AL Central and it's kind of frustrating that it came down to tiebreakers. A longer season would have, you know, shook that out a little bit more. But, mm-hmm. hey, that's baseball. Here we are. Yeah, this turned out to be one of the most fun division races to watch. The, <laughs> the White Sox entered today with the opportunity to either fit, be the number two seed or the number seven seed or the three seed or the four seed, <laughs> which is bananas. Uh, they finished as the seventh seed which is unfortunate because a week ago they were the one seed. (laughs) But yeah, David, let's hear your thoughts on this division and how it broke down. I think both of you did a pretty good job of explaining how fun just the, you know, the divisional race was at the top, but looking at it from the bottom up, if I were a Detroit Tigers fan, I would be a little bit concerned from this season. Uh, They call up Casey Mize, Tarek Scooble, and a couple other guys. Those two pitchers I just mentioned, of course, they're still young. All of these guys are in their infancy stages of their career, but they just were not good. They failed to have productive starts. The stats were really bad and the hitting prospects that they called up as well weren't great. And then to go along with that, Matt Boyd, who actually had a pretty strong season last year, was just completely underwhelming this year. So I think it was a pretty lateral uh, season in Detroit. I don't really think they made any steps. Uh, I think underwhelming is underselling just how bad Matt Boyd was. <laughs> I think his ERA yeah, finished in the sevens. Yeah, like, and it looked like he could have been a potential number three, a potential number four kind of guy looking down the line, and he was just bad. Like you said, I – I, I use the term underwhelming and you correctly <laughs> switched up the wording there because he just wasn't good. And then Mize and Scooble struggled as well. I'm sure the experience will benefit, uh, benefit those guys in the long run. But overall, I had high expectations for a lot of these young uh, Tigers players and they were not met. Yeah. So like I mentioned, Twins finished first, Indians second, White Sox third, Royals fourth, Tigers fifth i had the minnesota twins first white Sox second indians third royals fourth and the tigers fifth as did carry his broke down exactly like that and david just had cleveland above the white Sox for the two over the three so david actually correctly predicted this division so congrats to david <laughs> golf claps golf claps <laughs> Uh, looking at win totals now, Minnesota Twins had 36 Ws this year. Their over-under was set at 34 and a half. Every single one of us said over. 
So we're killing it with this division. Um, <laughs> the Chicago White Sox were at 35, as were the Indians. For the White Sox, their win total was set at 31 and a half. Carrie and I both had over. Actually, all three of us had over. Sorry. So we all won that one. The Cleveland Indians there was set at 32. Carrie and I both said under. David said even. Royals were at 24 and a half. All of us said under. And they won 26. And the Tigers were, uh, were set at 21 and a half. All of us said under. And they won 23 while even playing 58 games. It's actually a lot of more parity than we expected, but it pretty much shook down, shook down the way we expected as well. Interesting division. I'm excited to see what those teams do in the playoffs. Tim Anderson was a joy to watch. Jose Abreu, not out of nowhere, um, but I think people took notice for the first time. Because he's always been good, just no one cared. <laughs> I love Jose Abreu. I think he does a lot of things right. There, there are flaws there that, you know, as you mentioned, people have harped on in the past. But I was, I was really glad to see that he finally had that breakthrough year. Um, MVP campaign even, so good for him. Yeah, you're not kidding. You are not kidding. All right, moving on to the AL West. The Oakland Athletics finished first, followed by the Houston Astros. Both of them will be making the playoffs. And then they are followed by Seattle, Los Angeles Angels, and the Texas Rangers. Now, looking at how we predicted, it's not even close to what we were thinking. All of us were so high <laughs> on the Angels. Probably That's my fault. I talked with the pitch. That was the thing. Shohei was going to pitch all season. That is, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also my fault for talking guys into it. But if Shohei Otani had pitched, that would have been so much fun. I think Carrie probably did the best here as uh, Dave and I both picked Houston to win. They didn't even finish over 500. They went 29 and 31, but they're in the playoffs by virtue of being second in that division. All right. But uh, yeah, looking at our uh, predictions, I had the Astros, Angels, Athletics, Rangers, and Mariners. David had the Astros, Angels, Athletics, Rangers and Mariners. Carrie had the Angels in first place, then Oakland, then Houston, then the Rangers and Seattle. All right, David, what'd you think of this division? Number one, just from the Astros, I think it is a shame that Justin Verlander, what, had one start all season, maybe two. And he's missing all of next year. That was definitely disappointing to see. You hate to see somebody like that you know, go out in such a fashion. But I would like to give a shout out to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the guys out West prove me wrong out in, yeah, out in Carey's town. There's a lot of young talent there and they all exceeded my expectations in terms of the, th uh, the seasons I thought they were going to have. JP Crawford is a comfortable hitter at the plate, which is I think what a lot of people have been waiting for, for a pretty long time now. Kyle Lewis looks like he's legit, really yes. big bodied guy, has great numbers also. So I think he can keep those up for a while. There's a lot of pieces around him too. And of course they have plenty of prospects coming up. So shout out to the Seattle Mariners for really blowing everybody away this season. Yeah, and they made that awesome trade that you love so much um, with uh, Austin Nola. Um, but also this, Marco Gonzalez is like kind of like a legit starting pitcher now all of a sudden. I don't know if you saw like highlights of him, but I think he had a complete game. He had a couple eight-inning shutout starts. Like this guy was just dealing. Unfortunately, they couldn't make the playoff. Um, they were very close. They finished two games out, but still like – this was like a surprising kind of victory for him by finding this Marco Gonzalez guy. But yeah, I, I think Seattle's right around the corner. 
Hopefully they can make the playoffs. I feel so bad for them. Mariners haven't made the playoffs since 2004. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, Oakland surprised me. I was so low on them because I my reasoning was it takes them half a season to figure out what their team can do. Um, it turns out they figured it out from day one, so good for them. Houston Astros, I think they were a big disappointment. Granted, they make the playoffs, but as a sub-500 team. Kerry, what are your thoughts on this division, other than the Angels being horrendous? Hey, the Angels were almost a playoff team, all right? Don't don't disparage them that much. They No, they were actually uh, pretty decent. Um, it's surprising to hear the two of you suddenly noticing Marco Gonzalez. It's, it's interesting because Marco Gonzalez used to be a Cardinals player. We traded him for, oh gosh, what's his name? Big muscle guy. Oh, it's a Cardinals player. He, he's like only muscle. What is his name? Luke Voigt. No, kidding. Uh, you it used to be a Cardinal. Yeah, it could have been. No, a current Cardinal. <laughs> oh, uh, Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill? Tyler O'Neill. Okay. That's the one. Tyler O'Neill. So as a former Cardinal, I'm familiar with Marco Gonzalez as when he pitched for us. He's very like even keel. He's like of the, the Kyle Loesch ilk of pitcher. Where oh, he's like name. He's what like solidly – you know, a three seven five to four point two five ERA every th- single season. He will eat all of your innings uh, like their like their breakfast cereal. He will just eat innings like nothing else, and they're all mediocre. And that's like sometimes he'll like shine bright, and then the next game he'll get blown out for seven runs, and then he gets chased out of there. Uh, but for the most part, he's like just right even uh the way he always has been it looks like he took a bit of a step forward this year which is exciting for him but yeah it's it's really exciting to see the mariners take uh, a big step this season with all those young players and uh still a lot of talent talent coming in the pipeline so 2021 mariners playoffs yeah so margaret gonzalez just looking at his stats he finished with a 3.1 era which is good for 17th in the major leagues and eighth in the al his whip on the other hand is really eye-popping. He had a .95 whip, which is third in the American League, which is bananas, which is amazing. But, yeah, so this is a guy that I never saw coming, but now he's here. Overall, uh, Rangers, big disappointment. Angels, big disappointment. Astros, big disappointment, despite making the playoffs. And, yeah, here come the Oakland Athletics rowing into the postseason as a number two seed. Looking at the win totals, so Oakland Athletics finished with 36. Their over-under was 33-and-a-half. Every single one of us said under. (laughs) Houston Astros, 29 wins. Their over-under was set at 35. Carey had them at over. So did David. I had them at even. So we're wrong there. Seattle Mariners, uh, they they won 27 games this year. Their over-under was set at 25. We all said under. So wrong again. (laughs) The Los Angeles Angels, they won 26 games this year. Their over-under was set at 32. We all said over. (laughs) And lastly, the Texas Rangers, they won 22 games this year. They were set at 29 and a half. All of us said under. So we'll we'll chalk that division up as a win. Uh, What do you guys think? (laughs) Just burn that whole prediction sheet. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, we're not done with predictions yet. Uh, we have one more. They get, they get even worse, which is the worst part. <laughs> yeah, so we're now going to move on to our awards predictions. We did not predict Manager of the Year because that's such an arbitrary award. No one knows how it is won. We just know that it is handed out. So what we did do is predicted Rookie of the Year, Cy Youngs, and MVPs. 
So for the NL Rookie of the Year, I had Carter Keboom, David had Mitch Keller, and Kerry had Gavin Lux. How'd that turn out for us? Poorly. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Carter Keboom was set down in the middle of the season. Gavin Lux didn't even make the opening day roster. And I think Mitch Keller got hurt very early on. Or he was just bad. Yeah, I he, uh, he was on the injured list for a while. And um, he's actually pitched well when he has been, especially in the month of September. But he was not the rookie of the year by any means. Okay. Do we have any predictions for who's going to be the rookie of the year? My pick is Devin Williams off the Brewers. I, that guy was ridiculous this entire season. He struck out over half the batters he faced with like a .3 ERA. I, I think I know who David's going to pick. He saw him throughout this whole season. David, who's your prediction? So previously I was huge on Jake Cronenworth from San Diego because that dude rakes. But uh, speaking of raking, Alec Bohm from Philadelphia is my – Current rookie of the year favorite just absolutely hits. That's sort of what his scouting report was, but I was expecting more of like a home run strikeout kind of guy. That's not what I got at all. He gets on base all the time. He, I think he put together what, like a 340 batting average to end the year? 338. Yeah, I was about to say it's right around there if it's not 340. So With 11 um, doubles and four home runs. So, yeah. Um, I have big hopes for Alec Bohm in the future, and I think the Phillies do as well because he is certainly gonna gonna be a big part of their you know their plans. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Williams' sentiment uh, with Devin Williams for my prediction. Uh, it was not fun having to face off against him. In fact, got a text message the other day. I was watching a game. I was watching the Cardinals face the Brewers, and I was watching Williams pitch, and he threw this nasty pitch, and I was like, oh god, that's disgusting. Uh, William, I'm trying to find your exact quote. I know what it is, but yeah, I'd like you to read it. William, uh, right, right as I look down, I hear a buzzing on my phone after I see this nasty pitch, and William goes, Devin Williams just threw a changeup to Brad Miller that made me throw up a little bit in my mouth. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels to be a fan watching on the other side. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I, was, I also had to stick with Devin Williams for my rookie of the year. I was throwing up on Brad Miller's for Brad Miller's sake because that pitch was ridiculous. It looked like a knuckleball, but it's a changeup. It looks like a fastball. How do you hit that? How do you hit that? Like, come on. I don't know. But, yeah. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> Blech. Blech. Gross. All right. Now looking at the AL Rookie of the Year, I had Nate Pearson of the Toronto Blue Jays, David guessed Luis Robert, who had it locked up if the season ended in August, and Kerry guessed Wander Franco. Kerry, how'd that turn out for you? What? Oh, I totally called out Kyle Lewis. Number one, overall, I totally saw that coming. Who's Wander Franco? What are you talking about? Maybe next year or the year after, whenever he gets called up. Uh, yeah, Luis Robert had it locked up. He kind of fell off face of the earth and Nate Pearson got hurt I think he hurt some kind of flexor tendon but it's going to be Kyle Lewis I'm pretty sure can we agree on that oh yeah oh yeah this, this guy played a lockdown center field and a lever home runs stole five bases OPS of 801 so very uh big on him looking at the NL Cy Young award I guessed Luis Castillo David guessed Max Scherzer Kerry guessed Jack Flaherty Jack Flaherty kind of get he he got unfair because all his te- his team was constantly playing double headers, so he didn't get the number he didn't get the amount of starts he was supposed to this season. But it wasn't as good as it was last year. No, he didn't really stand a chance. Not with our our two week layoff to start the season that really uh, put a bump in things. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's wearing masks, everybody. Yeah, and, and um, so I, my prediction is it's not going to be Luis Castillo, but his teammate, Trevor Bauer. I think he's going to walk away with the NL Cy Young Award winner, who would be the first ever Reds pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. David, what, uh, what are your thoughts on this Cy Young race? There are so many qualified candidates for this year's NL Cy Young where I really would not be disappointed if like a handful of guys won. Darvish pitched really well. DeGrom, of course, did DeGrom things. And then Trevor Bauer, like you said, did well. Castillo had a bit of a rough start, but really picked it up in this last month. Um, I think he had a little bit of struggles in his most recent start, but in the month of September, his numbers were absolutely ridiculous. So there were a lot of guys who pitched well this season in the National League. I do think Trevor Bauer would be a deserving candidate if he were to have won, but so were those other names that I just mentioned. So a lot of good guys out of the NL this year. Mm-hmm. We also did not mention Denelson Lamette, who finished with a 209 ERA, in addition to Zach Davies, Zach Gallen, Kyle Hendricks. These guys were dealing all year. Corbin uh, Burns, too. Corbin Burns, yes. I think, uh, yeah, he finished the season strong. And David's Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler pitched very strongly this season. I'm guessing Trevor Bauer. I'm going to take you, uh, Darvish, for mine. I, I just I love that he delivered and on, on what everyone thought he was going to be when he first came over from Japan. He had that first great season in Texas and then has been kind of ups and downs with injuries, and this felt like he put everything together again like you always thought he would. Um, so was, I'm, I'll – if I had the vote, I would throw it at you, Darvish. But uh, like David said, anybody, any, <laughs> there's a lot of top end uh, ones that you can feel happy about winning it. So, yeah. All right, moving on to the AL Cy Young Award. I guessed Jose Barrios. David predicted Zach Greinke, and Kerry predicted Lucas Giolito, who actually threw a no hitter this year, which would be a great moment for these voters to point to and say, "Yeah, this guy deserves it." But I don't think anyone can really touch what Shane Bieber did this year. He won the pitching triple crown by leading the league in ERA wins and strikeouts at a gaudy number of 122. The next closest was Lucas Giolito with 97. <laughs> but yeah, Kerry props on that pick, but I don't think anyone can uh, touch what Shane Bieber did this year. So yeah, your thoughts on the uh, AL Cy Young race. Yeah. And it is frustrating because Giolito got blown up really early in the season. He gave up like six or seven runs in one game that really yeah, threw off his ERA and it never really looked like it was that close, but Giolito dealt. Uh, he did really well. Uh, there's uh, a couple other AL names who, who floated up near the top of the, the wins above replacement leaderboards, Zach Grinke and Kenta Maeda, you, you know, this year. who would have guessed would be right there at the top. Uh, but it's, it's going to be Shane Bieber. There's no way he, he just absolutely crushed everything this year. So, yeah. Yep. David. Yeah. We've, we've said enough about Bieber. He's the clear cut winner there. You know, um, he did all of, all of the talking for us, but Carrie, I'm glad you mentioned Kenta Maeda. I really do like Kenta Maeda and I especially liked him heading into this short season. He struggled over the long stretches, you know, the 162 games to really keep everything together. And I thought this would be the perfect opportunity for him to really break out and show what he can do. And that's exactly what he, uh, what he did. So credit to Kenta and even more credit to Shane Bieber for just being an absolute animal because he's a dog. So <laughs> it was, it was a good one from him. Yeah. Kenta Maeda almost threw a no hitter himself. I think he got the first 24 outs, but then gave up a soft single. And they ended uh, up losing that game. Correct. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Jeez, yeah, feel bad for him. But we're going to move on now to the NL MVP. Carey predicted Christian Yelich, who I think barely hit above 200. David predicted Bryce Harper, who did his absolute best to do everything he could to try and will the Phillies to the playoffs. And unfortunately, it just didn't fall through for him. And I predicted Freddie Freeman, who I think of all of our picks has the best chance to win it. Freddie Freeman, after dealing with COVID earlier this year, came out not looking so great and then just turned it on the last six weeks of the season. This dude, I've, I've gone into it. You can find it on the previous podcasts, but this guy went off. But I think the NL MVP is one of the more interesting ones you, debates you can have this season. So uh, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. David. Number one, it looked like Bryce Harper had a chance for uh, a yeah. month or two there. He was putting up just absolutely stupid numbers for a while. That followed with a pretty rough patch of baseball from Bryce, but he did manage to right the ship towards the end there. And another awesome race This sort of reminds me of the NL Cy Young a little bit, where there's a couple guys who you could look at and say, like, all right, maybe this is their MVP season. You have uh, Freeman, Soto, Mookie Betts had a crazy year. But overall, I think you might have hit the nail on the head with the Freddie Freeman prediction. So credit to you for uh, proving that we're not completely useless when making <laughs> predictions. <laughs> but um, Only mostly useless. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say, we're not completely useless, but we're the next step above that. Yeah, Carrie. Uh, just to I, – I think it's going to be Freeman, and it's – I'm I'm kind of disappointed, so I'll I'll just say that I'm I want it to be Fernando Tatis. He he led a lot of the leaderboards a lot of the season for the NL and was such just delightful talent to watch on the field. He he brought so many things to that team, and yeah. So uh, more traditional voters might say, you know, oh, it has to be a team who like or a person who really made a difference for their team and and really like ushered them into the playoffs. I think that could apply to either Freeman or Tatis. I, I think both of them really like stood out within their own teams uh, as far as like getting their team to the playoffs and, and putting them in the position that they're in. So I would give it to Tatis, but it's really, like you said, it's semantics who, who you would prefer to be the NL MVP this year. Yeah. And we're also leaving out Manny Machado. I think he, I personally think he had a better season than Tatis um, for as much joy that Tatis brought me watching him at three Oh grand slams. But, uh, yeah, Manny Machado, he kind of carried that Padres offense for a little bit. Uh, and people, I think, kind of dismissed him because he was being overshadowed by Tatis. But, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, Machado had a great season. And it's very unfortunate that Juan Soto had that false positive test at the beginning of the season because he missed 10 games. Uh, because, as it stands, at the end of the season, he leads the NL in batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, I think walks, he's up there with 41. Um, yeah, walk percentage, certainly. He's, like, way up there. 20%. Yeah, he finished with an OPS of 1.185, which hasn't been done by a 21-year-old ever. Like, <laughs> it, it was awesome to watch him. Unfortunately, they're not going to make the playoffs, and he missed a good amount of time with that false positive. But, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be Freddie Freeman. It's going to be a fun one. I'm excited to see what those results look like. Marcelo Zuna might even steal some votes. You never know. But uh, looking at the AL MVP, I guessed Shohei Otani. David predicted Glaber Torres, and Kerry predicted Mike Trout. Kerry probably did this, does the best of all of us. Thankfully, David didn't say somebody like Gary Sanchez, and uh, Shohei Otani got hurt. 
my reasoning for picking him was that he pitches and hits. I, I think this is the one that's going to be another interesting one. I think Jose Abreu is going to win it. Carry your thoughts on the AL MVP race. Well, it's another one of those your team has to make the playoffs in order to be considered type situations for old school voters. But uh, another person who is a strong candidate, all around fantastic player, Anthony Rendon is on per fan graphs for he's the fifth highest in all baseball, Anthony Rendon, but he's not on a playoff team. So he and Trout are probably going to be ruled out by, by most voters for MVP consideration, which means I'm, I'm looking at uh, actually Jose Ramirez who generated a lot of offense and, and skill for Cleveland uh, and is a big part of their success this year. So J Ram as always doing well. Yeah, I know David wants to comment on uh, the Cleveland Indians star, Jose Ramirez. Oh, you know I love the Cleveland Indians. I could speak all day about the Cleveland Indians. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's the team I'm rooting for moving forward. There you go. All right. Uh, any prediction from you, David, on who's going to win that AL MVP? I think before I get into my prediction, I really enjoyed watching the sort of teammate battle between Tim Anderson and Jose yeah. Abreu in terms of who was going to – either win or compete for the AL MVP. I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, they're both on the same team, both mashing and fighting for that award at the same time. I don't really like the idea of Luke Voigt for MVP, which I've seen some people on the internet trying to push. I think there is a far more deserving candidate on the Yankees in DJ LeMayu, if I had to pick uh, one of the two, but Jose Abreu will be my pick for AL MVP as well. Yeah, no, Luke Voigt uh, has a case. He finished second. Uh, in the AL in slugging with a six point with a six ten slugging, but uh, Lemayhu led the AL in OPS with one point zero one one and led the league in average with three sixty four. But he missed time. Luke Voigt led the league in homers, but yeah, Jose Abreu sixty RBIs in sixty games. I know it doesn't count, but I think RBIs are still important. Uh, Tim Anderson had a great run at it. Jose Ramirez scoring runs, hitting walk off homers. It was so much fun to watch. But, yeah, I, that's it for the awards predictions. Now we're going to look at fun player stats that we uh, wanted to look at. So David brought these at the beginning of the season before doing his fantasy draft, just looking at, like, fun numbers uh, for uh, what players would finish with the season. So Garrett Cole was predicted to finish with 104 strikeouts. He actually finished with 94. Um, Garrett Cole, thoughts on him? I think he – not met expectations, but he delivered. I think he that 104 number was just too high in general. That was that was a lot of strikeouts for you know for a 60 game season. But um, well, Shane Bieber had 122, so <laughs> yeah, but that was also like a record breaking kind of. <laughs> yeah, and he had 20 more more <laughs> he had more than 20 higher than the next highest person. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, DeGrom finished with 104. Oh. Bauer with 100. The league leader in hits was predicted to be Jose Altuve with 65. Uh, it was not Jose Altuve who had 42 hits this year in a massive downturn in performance. Jose Abreu actually led the AL in hits with 76. Trey Turner led the majors with 78. Looking at Yadier Molina's stolen bases. They predicted two. <laughs> Carey predicted negative one. <laughs> the actual zero. 
That's negative one. That's negative one. His base running is so bad, it counts as minus minus a stolen base. It, is there a caught stealing in there? Because if so, oh, no, I checked just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a caught stealing. <laughs> I checked just to make sure. Uh, Howie Kendrick. They predicted a 331 batting average. Actual 275, and he was hurt for a lot of that. Uh, this might be Howie's last year. Good veteran guy to have around. This is one that uh, I, I, it was fun to watch. Uh, Pete Alonzo, they predicted him to lead the league with 16 home runs, and he actually hit 16, but it did not lead the league as Voight had 22, Abreu had 19, and Ozuna had 18. And this one I saw at the beginning of the day as I was putting this together. Joey Gallo, they predicted 78 strikeouts. Today, he had 78 strikeouts. <laughs> but he struck out against the Astros today. So <sighs> finished with 79 strikeouts on the season. <laughs> Which I, I, that, That's got to be one of the craziest predictions of all time if they had 78 strikeouts. On the <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris Davis with a K. His Predicted batting average was 239, actual 200. He lost his job real quickly, and the A's were able to persevere and win that division. Chris Davis with a C. They predicted a 182 batting average. Anyone know what he actually hit this year? Did he hit this year? (laughs) I think the Orioles would prefer if he didn't. He finished with a 115 batting average. 115. And how many at-bats? You know? Let me look it up. Chris Davis collected a grand total of six hits this year in 52 at-bats. He didn't really play this year. (laughs) And then uh, our guy, Kevin Newman, David reported that he was projected to get 57 hits, and he collected 35. Down year from Kevin Newman. It's okay. Pirates were collectively on a down year. Love you, Kev. Yes, we still love you, Kevin. And then uh, uh, the three of us also brought stats that we thought we thought would be fun to track this year, in addition to allowing the fans to pick one stat to bring. So that stat was outfield assists, and there were 231 total outfield assists this year. The team that led the league in outfield assists was the Boston Red Sox with 18. And I think Alex Verdugo, he had seven of them. Solid trade. So glad they snatched that guy up. (laughs) Got to get Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers for those outfield assists. The league leaders in outfield assists, yeah, were Alex Verdugo and Tasker Hernandez with seven each. David wanted to look at home runs this year. There were 2,265 of them (laughs) as the ball was absolutely flying this year. Projected out to a full season. That's 6,116 home runs, which is a lot, uh, in case you don't know. Uh, (laughs) Carrie wanted to follow complete games, and there were 29 of them. 29! (laughs) (laughs) And this uh, obviously got helped by the seven-inning doubleheader rule, but Carrie kind of hit the nail on the head. He predicted uh, guys would be going deeper because of how important pitching is this year. And, yeah, guys went very deep this year for their teams. But, yeah, there were guys going deep into games to get these uh, complete games. And then, lastly, I predict I wanted to follow stolen bases, and uh, there were 872 of them, which I thought was a lot. All right, now the playoffs are going to be starting on Tuesday, I believe. And so I'm going to call it the week of the wild. <laughs> so let's uh, predict who's going to win each matchup. 
going to do the full postseason, but we're just going to predict each matchup. So, Kerry, Dodgers, Brewers, who are you picking? Dodgers, easy. I will use Kerry's exact words, Dodgers, easy. And I will follow with Dodgers, easy. And then next, the two-seed Atlanta Braves will be playing the Cincinnati Reds in Atlanta. Kerry, who are you picking in that series? Ooh, Cincinnati. All right. They got the pitching. They got the pitching. Yes. David, who you got? are all about pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is tough because the Reds and the Braves are two of my favorite teams in the National League. And um, I feel like the Reds are going to be everybody's pick here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Atlanta Braves just because why not? Yeah, no, they are a good team. Like, <laughs> don't count out the, the Atlanta Braves. They got two MVP candidates. Ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I think it's perfect that they lost so many games that they did at the beginning of the season because now they came into it hot, and they're winning games like crazy against playoff teams. So I'm going to have them – I'm still I'm st- I'm sticking with them for my World Series prediction. I'm sticking with the Reds. Can't fault it. Yep. So I'm picking them here. Uh, the three seed Chicago Cubs versus the six seed surprise Miami Marlins. Carrie, who you got in this series? I'm picking the surprise Miami Marlins to go home. The Cubs are going to win the series. <laughs> you threw me off there. Come on, man. I'm trying to write <laughs> these down. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I believe the Cubs. We'll win that as well. David? The Miami Marlins will advance to the next round and shock the world. I think that's one of the best stories of the year. Looking last matchup in the National League, the San Diego Padres will be hosting the five-seed St. Louis Cardinals. Carrie, who are you picking? Your favorite team or your favorite? It pains me to pick the Padres, but I just have to. I don't see this Cardinals team going deep they might somehow luck their way past this round but that's yeah it's gonna be the Padres yeah David I'll take San Diego as well yeah my biggest concern with the Padres moving forward as I am also picking them but Mike Clevenger is hurt I'm worried about that long term for this team in the playoffs all right moving on to the American League the Tampa Bay Rays will be playing the Toronto Blue Jays Carrie who are you picking in this Tampa Bay Yes, very high on them. David? I love Toronto, but I love the Rays even more. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually pick the Toronto Blue Jays. I just think they're a lot of fun. I'm uh, predicting Vladdy's going to have a couple huge games. Six RBIs in that series. I'm ready for it. I, I want them to win so bad just because it's fun. <laughs> Can't fault it. Yep. Oakland Athletics as the two-seed versus the seven-seed Chicago White Sox. Carrie, who you got in this one? Uh, I'm going to do – Basically what David did with the two and seven, where I think a lot of people are going to be picking White Sox, and I'm going to say athletics. This is the year they they make it a little bit into the playoffs. So There you go. There you go, David. I was just going to say that the the athletics never do anything in the playoffs, so I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking the Chicago White Sox. They have the two MVP candidates. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully Tim Anderson goes off. I think that's good for the game of baseball. All right, the three-seed Minnesota Twins versus the six-seed Houston Astros. Carrie, who you got? The Kenta Maeda-led Twins. Kenta Maeda dealing for them. Carrie? I'll still pick the Twins again. 
Oh, <laughs> David. <laughs> it's a long show. David, who are you picking? Uh, I think in my preseason predictions, I had the Astros beating the Twins maybe, but whether I did or not, now I'm taking the Twins over the Astros. Yeah, the Astros, they are a very young team, very inexperienced team. Uh, Dusty Baker is managing them. Um, not great karma for a playoff team. But, yes, yeah, so Kerry picked the Twins twice. So one of his picks will transfer over to me. So he has to pick them once. Um, I'm also going with the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> and now for the last matchup, the four-seeded Cleveland Indians versus the five-seeded New York Yankees. This is my favorite matchup in the entire postseason. Carrie, who do you pick? I will take Cleveland. Shane Bieber, ready for a postseason. David, who you got? All three of our faithful listeners know I love the Cleveland Indians, <laughs> so I can't bail on them now, and I will take the Cleveland Indians over the New York Yankees in the first round. Yeah, I, their pitching is very good. I'm trusting Garrett Cole to have another great start. I'm picking the New York Yankees over the Cleveland Indians. But this one, it, it might have come to a walk-off for like the Cleveland Indians. These teams are so perfectly matched in terms of what one is really good at hitting for the New York Yankees and what one is really good at for the <laughs> Indians, which is pitching. Um, it's going to be a fun series. These games are either going to be 10 to 12 or one to nothing. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to the draft of best moments from the 2020 season. It's going to be three rounds just to keep it quick. Carrie, first overall pick. Oh, what an honor that I was not braced for. Man, there we go. First overall pick, I am going to say Fernando Tatis's Grand Slam slash, what, oh gosh, what do they call it in San Diego? It's like... Slam Diego. Slam Diego. Thank you very much. Um, but Fernando Tatis's Grand Slam on a 3-0 count uh, that uh, riled uh, the old school baseball world into signing up for a Twitter account just to shout their thoughts at all the young folks and what they're doing wrong on their 3-0 accounts. I, I love the controversy, and I love uh, that players and fans came out in support of Tatis dumping the old school and their, their 3-0 rules. So I, I love that moment. Yeah, if you have the time, I think it was John Boy Media. I think he did a whole video on that. Uh, he's a guy that like reads like the lips of these players and like the moment of when it's happening. And yeah, it, <laughs> he, he just laid out the moment so perfectly for uh, Tatis because he's just sitting there just listening to Eric Hosmer trying to tell Tatis what he did wrong by swinging and hit a grand slam. Um, it, it, <laughs> great moment. And then I love what he did the next game by stealing third base off the exact same pitcher. <laughs> oh, God. So funny. Yes. Great slam Diego. They hit grand slams on four consecutive days. Never been done in baseball history. Great moment for them. Fun team to watch. David, what's your first pick? My first pick just happened this week. Ronald Acuna Jr. belted a 495-foot home run to left center field. And that's all I really need to say about that. I love Ronald Acuna Jr. and I love home runs. So that is my, my first pick. Yeah, I don't even know where that ball landed, but it didn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said about that. It's still out there. It's in space. It's classified <laughs> as a satellite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, here's my favorite moment or moments from the season. Because there was no fans in the stands, the hot mics were 
<laughs> utilized very uh, well by the players. There are some great hot mic moments. If you are mature enough, I recommend going to YouTube and searching hot mic. <laughs> there are a lot of interesting words dropped. Exchanges between players and umpires can be heard as loud as, as clear as day. Um, I, I It was great just hearing some of that and just uh, being able to hear that. Um, also, it was kind of cool like hearing um, uh, all the guys on the bench yelling, he's going, uh, when a guy's stealing a base for the catcher. I thought, I thought it was cool. Great hot mic moments on the season. Uh, Carrie, your second pick. Wait, did David get a pick? Yeah, Acuna. Oh, Acuna. Okay, uh, Astro Acuna. That's right. Uh, my second pick is the old school players resurging. Players that have been around for a long time. The aging curve much favors young players, hot players. Very exciting to see them come up. And yes, there were a couple of old timers who defied age. Jose Abreu, who we have already talked about as an MVP candidate. Adam Wainwright, who I mentioned, carrying, uh, leading the Cardinals pitching staff and actually pitching really well this whole season. And another one we didn't spend much time talking about, but Nelson Cruz, who also seems yeah. to defy age and time. So I, I, I love uh, all three of those old-timers really having monumental seasons for their, for their teams and uh, just in general in, in a game that is becoming younger and younger. Nelson Cruz was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the season, uh, but it looks like it's going to be Jose Abreu, so it's kind of fun. David, who's uh, what's your next pick? My next pick will be Kenta Maeda and his no-hit bid on August 18th. He struck out eight consecutive batters in the middle of that, and I was watching it and loving every second. Uh, I don't know if I've ever watched somebody strike out that many guys in a row, especially live before. So, yeah, that's going to be my second pick. Yeah, no, that was super cool. Um, another moment from this season. It's not my pick. Just to bring it up, though, Detroit Tigers relief pitcher, struck out nine consecutive batters, which has never been done before. Uh, it's been done by starting pitchers, but never by a, by a reliever. <laughs> and uh, when he walked off the mound after the ninth strikeout, uh, the hitter, uh, I, I think it was Castellanos, uh, was like, hey, that was pretty cool. And the, <laughs> as the pitcher, as she's running off the mound, was like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've never done that before. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, my actual pick is going to be Jackie Robinson weekend. It was just supposed to be a day, and it's my favorite day in the baseball season. Everybody wears number 42. Jackie Robinson, you can read all the books you want about him, and it still doesn't give you the full picture. But I, I thought it was super cool by the players to just be like, you know what, we're going to wear the 42 the whole weekend. <laughs> um, I thought that was awesome, um, an awesome show of uh, unity by the players. And I, I know guys just love wearing that 42 because it means so much more than just – six times seven you know it's <laughs> this is a guy that stood for so much accomplished so much um but yeah jackie robinson one of my all-time favorites for sure carrie your final pick my final pick is actually on a similar note after the tragic shootings in kenosha wisconsin and the political unrest a lot of major sports took that as a moment to reflect or pause or just draw attention to the world at large, right? Uh, the issues happening in American society on, on race and how people are treated because of that. And the Brewers uh, were the first in baseball. The first were actually the Milwaukee Bucks. But Brewers took that same leave and they were like, there's too much happening in Wisconsin. This is not a night for baseball. We need to, we need to you know, re-examine our priorities and see, our, see ourselves as humans. There was a statement put out by the Mariners. They also took the night off. There were a few other teams that, that chose not to play that night. But 
the Mariners um, have the largest contingent of African-American players on the same baseball team. And they were like, in, in moments like this, it's, it's important to think about what's important in life. And I, I just appreciated that we really got to see, you know, these are humans uh, playing a game and, and they are also affected by these big things. And it was nice to, honestly, I, I was happy to see them, you know, take a breather and, and be people and not to feel pressed to, to do something that didn't feel relevant or important in that moment. You know, they got back to the baseball, but I just, I like that. Uh, and baseball, you know, didn't, didn't hold fines to them. They didn't mm -hmm. do anything to prevent that from happening. So that's, that's my third pick. Yeah, it was interesting to see that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, opening day as well was super powerful. I don't know if that, if that was your pick, David, but all right. Uh, yeah, thank you, Carrie. Yeah, it was, uh, it was super cool to see that um, MLB uh, back them, which I thought was awesome too. David, your final pick. Uh, well, on a much less important note, my final pick is actually my, my favorite play of the season. And it was the only play that actually got me out of my, my chair while I was watching it. And on August 23rd, the Phillies were on a five-game losing streak, and it looked like they were about to blow another game in the ninth inning. Dansby Swanson, I believe, was on second base, and Freddie Freeman maybe hit a ball into the gap, which was fielded perfectly by the left fielder, and then thrown to Didi Gregorius, who threw a bullet to Andrew Knapp at home plate, who tagged out Dansby Swanson to end the game. Knapp came up with a big fist bump. I jumped out of my chair with a similar fist pump, and <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Uh, it was everything I love about baseball in a play. Uh, shout out to Andrew Knapp for fielding the throw perfectly. And it was overall just really well executed, and uh, it was an awesome moment. So that was my favorite play of the year. Yeah, my favorite non-Nationals moment from last year's postseason was the Tampa Bay Rays uh, relay to nab, uh, gosh, was it Jose Altuve at the plate? It was a perfect relay from Kiermaier to Willie Adamas uh, to the catcher, Darno. Perfect. Tag slapped on him. It was so cool. I was like, let's go. <laughs> it's fantastic. Every time you witness one of those guys get gunned out on the, you know, at the plate at a re oh, yeah. uh, relay like that, just because if you played baseball, it's something you practiced a hundred times, you know, it's something you did and just to see it work at the highest level. So perfectly is an awesome feeling every time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, another awesome feeling in my final pick is going to be the Marlins, White Sox, and Padres ending their droughts and making the postseason. The Marlins, though, I think that stands out above every other of every other team that made the postseason. They took off a period of 10 days, 14 days. I don't know. They had 18 players in quarantine. They made 170 roster transactions. <laughs> I think roster transactions 42 consecutive days and they had guys that are supposed to be playing a ball facing major league pitching or facing major league hitters and they are winning games. I don't know how it happened. I think it was great experience for these guys to not only get to play, but to win as well. This team, they might jump off the map next year, the Marlins. And I'm very excited for it. They have some of the coolest young prospects in the game. And this is without even Lewis Brenson doing well. This is like, if he somehow turns it around next year, like, I don't even know. But yeah, Sixto Sanchez, David's a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of Miguel Rojas, their shortstop, and Monte Harrison. They're, they are a fun team. I'm definitely be, I will definitely be watching their games um, against the Cubs this postseason. 
Yeah, uh, I've talked about the Marlins before, and you summed it up really well there. What an awesome ride for all of those guys. It's it's a really young group. Um, they've got a couple key veterans in the mix there, but I saw a funny meme the other day. It was like an old woman being helped by <laughs> a younger woman, and they had Marlins hats photoshopped on. The older woman had a speech bubble that said, like, Derek Jeter is a terrible owner and will never lead the Marlins to anything. And then the younger woman had a bubble that said, okay, grandma, let's get you to bed now <laughs> or something like that. It was funny, but it was sort of true at the same time. Like, everybody, you know, thought Jeter was coming in and wrecking this franchise. But in reality, it, everything he did seemingly worked. So credit to the Marlins. Uh, definitely one of the best stories from this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, some moments we didn't mention. Uh, Pujols hitting 661 and 662 in the same game to pass Willie Mays. That, that shows you, hey, like, yeah, I passed him, but I'm still fighting. And he hit another one in the same game. I thought that was super cool. The machine, another one uh, that we didn't mention, were the no-hitters thrown by Lucas Giolito and Alec Mills. Alex, Mil- Alec Mills especially. This is a guy that walked on in college, and his fastest pitch in that game was 91 miles an hour. Uh, another moment uh, was Rockies relief pitcher Daniel Bard, who had last pitched in 2013, and he actually recorded a save this year for the Rockies, which I thought was amazing. Um, but yeah, Daniel Bard, seven years out of the league, came back and um, pitching for the Rockies. Um, but yeah, those are some moments we left out. Uh, any other moments there before we wrap this all up? I'll just add as my bonus extra pick, getting to feel excited about things. There's a there's a lot of heavy stuff, yes. big things. It's hard to it's hard to yeah. be working from home and feel excited to to have things happening. And uh, David, when you when you were like, I had a moment where I stood up out of my chair. I was so pumped and excited. It's like, yes, that is the feeling, right? Like that's 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 fantastic. So uh, I'll add that as my my bonus round pick. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, just having baseball. That was another part of opening day. It's just like. Wow, we get to watch guys launch dingers and strike guys out with sliders that are going 95 miles an hour. Like, this is sweet. Like, <laughs> all right, let's bring it all home. Song lyrics and movie quotes of the day. I'll go. This is from Tiny Tempa on Written in the Stars. And this is a song that was the MLB postseason hype song <laughs> if you go back and watch any of those hype videos. This is a song playing. So I thought it would be fun to bring this back. The lyric goes, seasons come and go, but I will never change, and I'm on my way. <laughs> that was the best hype video ever. Ever. I can picture it in my head right now, and that's when, like, oh. the Phillies were really good, yeah. and oh, my goodness, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it just reminds me of the Cardinals because seasons come and go. They never really change. They're always in the playoffs. I'm on my way to the playoffs, and they actually won that postseason in 2011. 13 years straight. 13 years straight. Oh, with a winning record. Not in the playoffs, but still. Some things never change. Yes. <laughs> uh, Carrie, your song lyric or movie quote? My song lyric is by the infamous Rihanna, and it will not make any sense because I the quote is, I want you to make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world, and that's it. It doesn't really make any sense, but the context is that that song uh, always makes me want to dance, and it makes me feel excited. And that's it. I'm, just, I'm still just feeling this. Uh, often my, my quote is like a somber, uh, sad thing. And I was like, you know, sometimes I feel pumped. And, and that's a song that makes me feel pumped up and excited. So that's, that's it. 
that, that is a that is a banger of a song. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite song that you've brought so far is the one, uh, uh, the Coldplay one or whatever. It's like I want something just like this. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> David, bring us home. With the Phillies' loss today, of course, I've been in a bit of a down mood, and uh, I think myself and plenty of other people, for whatever reason, need to hear uh, Lil Uzi Vert's The Way Life Goes. I know it hurts sometimes, but you'll get over it. You'll find another life to live. I swear that you'll get over it. So uh, for whatever reason you're struggling or just feeling down, listen to Lil Uzi, hang in there. You'll get over it. You'll get through it. Thank you, David. That's a good way to end it. Um, apologies to the Phillies. They did miss the playoffs. They just had to win two of their last eight games, assuming everything else held even. All right, let's end the show, buddy. And they won one of them. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you guys so much uh, for joining me on this long episode. Very excited for the playoffs. They're right around the corner, and we'll be doing the best moments of the playoffs after it's all over. So thank you so much. Have a good one.